0: All right, here we go for February 21st, 2022. Not too much. Well, actually, there's a lot going on, but it's all the same lot going on. It's all the same thing. But let's talk about me first since, well, I have a huge ego. At least I think I do. Anyway, last week, a lot of ice, a little bit of snow, mostly ice. I got the video, haven't downloaded it yet. I still got to clean it up. I'll post it next week. Next week, I also got the World of Wheels show in Milwaukee. If you see me walking around, you I'm going to be wearing a camera, get a little yellow tea bucket. If you see me, stop by, I'll buy you lunch. Uh, first five people, let's say five, because it could be, you know, who knows who could show up. Milwaukee? Mm, who knows? But anyway, that's what's going on. This week, going to hit some more ice and snow. It's going to be exciting. Hopefully, I'll get home Thursday night, because we got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for the World of Wheels show. should be pretty exciting. Um, I'll be doing video. You can find a video at uh, TWK Trucking with Kingfish on YouTube. That's TWK Trucking with Kingfish on YouTube. Check so out that cab over video. I'm really happy with that one. That one turned out great. I'm almost done with the West Dallas car show one. It, it's just taken me forever. I think it's like 500 photos, and so i got to edit it all together. It's going to take a long time. Actually, it has taken a long time. So, that being said, let's just get on with the news, because i got to get ready for work, and it's a long drive to work. Well, 86 miles, but it seems like a long ways. All right, here we go. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list sharing stories of the road right here on his station You are listening to the Kingfish Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish, right here. Well, it looks like, you know, this new California law is going to change a lot of things. Anyway, California will st- soon deny registration of semi-trucks built before 2010. And the new law is making some smaller trucking company owners, well, kind of nervous. The California Air Resources Board, that's CARB. Everybody's got to have an acronym, right? Will require semi-trucks and other diesel commercial vehicles to have engines uh, models from 2010 or newer by the start of 2023. So I wonder if you could put a new new engine in an older cab, an older truck, I wonder if that counts. Anyway, as a way to meet new emission standards, the change was announced back in 2018, but with today's current supply chain and the vehicle production issues, small trucking company owners are particularly nervous about what the new rule can mean for their fleet. This is a disaster waiting to happen, said, uh, Bill Booty, president of AB Trucking in Oakland. Only two of my 13 trucks will be compliant next year. Wow, that really sucks. You know, it's surprising the little grandfather these guys in. You know, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? Due to apparent semiconductor and chip shortages, new semi-trucks are currently in short supply. Yeah, good luck getting a new truck. I just had that one. My truck got wrecked. I had a hard time getting an, another one. It wasn't easy. In fact, I was wondering if we were even going to get one show them that, and that's for the big carrier in Penske I can't even imagine what the smaller carriers are gonna be like so which means newer used trucks are selling for far more than their actual value everything's used stuffs going real crazy even in the cars now while replacing old trucks due to state policy changes is difficult enough this vehicle shortage puts an even bigger burden on trucking companies looking to replace their current fleet well wow. Says here, this uh, a booty president from this trucking company. He says, a thirty thousand dollar truck is going for over hundred thousand dollars right now. That's insane. That's a lot of money. So anyway, the Western States Trucking Association, a nonprofit group that acts as an advocate for smaller trucking companies, reports that somewhere around 40,000 commercial vehicles in a state are older than 2010 models. I would have thought it was more than that. If the companies don't find a way to re- uh, replace these vehicles the next year, current supply chain woes could worsen if those 40,000 trucks are suddenly out of commission. This could potentially make the supply chain issues everyone is familiar with look like child's play say, Joe Reddick, Reddick COVID, I can't say this guy's name, Reg Kofkes, Government Affairs Director at WSTA, you would be taking a big chunk out of the chain. Yeah, I guess so. You know, a lot of those port trucks, a lot of the rail trucks in, like, L.A. and, you know, Sacramento, those places, they're the older trucks. It's the newer trucks that go back and forth across the country. It's the older ones that do all that stuff. So that's going to be, that is going to be a big hit. So, I don't know gonna see what happens hopefully they'll straighten it all out and or maybe they won't i don't know either way we're in for a you know it's a what do you call it tsunami a perfect storm it's gonna be a nightmare all right let's get moving on i think we might have talked about this before but the florida highway patrol is investigating after a truck driver was found deceased at a welcome center over the weekend According to the Florida Highway Patrol news release, troopers responded to the Escambia County Welcome Center off I ten around two p.m. on Saturday, February twelfth. When police arrived, when police sounded like Porky Pigner, when police arrived on scene, they discovered a forty-year-old truck driver seized in the cab of his vehicle parked at the Welcome Center. So they've notified his next kin, and they haven't released his identity. And they're investigating. You know, to me, this is just like the ultimate horror. I can't think of anything worse than having that happen, especially over the road. You're far away. It's just a nightmare. You know, just, I can't even fathom how something, you know, how my family would deal with that. But imagine it's going to happen sooner or later. As long, as you know, been over the road 26 years. So, yeah, it's pretty good since I spent half my life, more than half my life on the road. So... At this point, it's not what I do; it's who I am. I guess best way to say it. All right, let's get moving on. Police are investigating after a semi truck hauling guns was stolen out of a truck yard in Canada, of all places. I'm sure that made the uh, you know the the Ottawa thing up there kind of exciting, huh? Uh, They're not connected, hopefully. The incident occurred early on Sunday morning, February 13th, in Petersboro, Ontario, Canada. All the firearms that were stolen were of small caliber with the clips attached, said Detective Sergeant Mike Jackson in a video released by Petersboro Police on Monday. We can also confirm that no ammunition for the firearm was within the trailer. However, he said the Petersburg Police Service understands the heightened sense in the community and beyond surrounding the theft. So far, the investigation is leaning towards an isolated crime of opportunity rather than a targeted incident. Police believe that the thief entered several other truck yards in the area attempting to steal vehicles before successfully stealing the semi-truck loaded with guns. Uh, that's, that's a pretty big haul. The truck in question is a white 2019 Freightliner in New Cascadia 126. Well, Ontario license plate 9382PV and a red number 97 in, in, in red 97 in red on the side of the hood. Yeah, so good luck with that. The trailer in question is a white 2014 Hyundai 53-foot dry uh, freight van trailer with license plate V3092A with a silver metallic line that runs horizontally down the length of the trailer. Police believe the criminals were driving a blue four-door sedan. The focus of the investigation is currently on locating the trailer and its contents. I bet you they are. So anyway, if you have any, you know you know anything about that, call Crime Stoppers 1-800-222-8477. That's 1-800-222-8477. All right, we don't need a whole truckload of guns out there. That doesn't sound like a good thing to have going on. You know, the, uh, you know, the the things that could go wrong with that are just beyond imagining. All right, let's get moving on. All right, it looks like Hirschbach. Yeah, Hirschbach is acquiring John Krishner Trucking, creating a reefer giant. Oh, that's going to be a big deal. With the combined revenues expected to exceed $1 billion annually, the reefer conglomerate will operate more than 3,000 trucks, 5,000 trailers, along with 150 Million 3PL operation, $150 million. 3PL. Uh, PLs third party logistics, basically contractors. Uh, that's what I think they mean by that. Third party logistics. 3PL sounds uh, less uh, scabby, but that's what it means. And a move that will recreate a refrigerated giant harshback motor lines, number 61, ooh, the top. 250 trucking companies. There's a coring Salupa, Oklahoma-based refrigerator carrier on Krishner Trucking number 115. Yeah, these numbers are so important. With combined revenues expected to exceed $1 billion. We already went through that. Herstbeck owner and CEO Brad Pinchak has high expectations for the union saying these two organizations should be united and fit together like two puzzle pieces. Yeah, every time, much, every time two companies merge, it always works out. Yeah, it never works out. People get fired. No matter how good the merger is, somebody's going to lose their job. People will lose their jobs. Anyway, putting the puzzle together unlocks coast to coast along the southern tier of the U.S. for Hirshback. Uh John Krishner Trucking's primary lanes, while Hirschback density is largely east of the Rockies. Uh, John Krishner Trucking was born in 1986 by John Krishner who got his start in trucking two decades earlier, hauling produce from California and returning the coast with meat or juice. The core of what JCT does today, he is succeeded by his sons. So it's going to be a big deal. Uh, I don't know if any, you know, who knows what will happen. Good luck with you guys. Hopefully, uh, you know, your jobs won't be too affected. And uh, I've been through a merger, a couple of mergers I've seen a few. I was doing Kimberly Clark there for a while and saw the Scott Tissue thing, and that was a nightmare. Then I saw Fort James and James River emerge. That was a nightmare. Then, of course, YRC in yellow or Roadway in yellow. That was a nightmare. So, yeah, people will lose their jobs. It's not going to be a good deal. So, somebody will get screwed. That's really what it comes down to. All right, let's get moving on. Ooh, this one's a big one. All right, you ready for this? All right. The Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance has announced this year's International Road Check date says May 17th, 18th, and 19th. And we'll have a focus on wheel-ins. Wheel-ins? What the hell do they mean by wheel-ins? International Road Check is a 72-hour high-visibility, high-volume commercial motor vehicle inspection and enforcement initiative. It's basically they want numbers. They're looking for low-hanging fruit. All right. So, it says here, each year CVSA focuses on specific aspects of the road inspection. This year they will be focusing on wheel ends. What the hell is that, you say? Which is what I say. Uh, com- the, CVS- the CVSA said wheel end components support the heavy loads carried by the commercial motor vehicles, maintain stability and control, and are critical for braking. Violations involving wheel in components historically account for about one quarter of the vehicle out of service violations discovered during international road check and past inspection data. Routinely identified wheel in components as a top ten vehicle violation. So this is a big deal. Basically, they're going to go for you know, if I'm reading this right. What they're going to go for is you know tires, of course, brakes, you know, uh, leaky hub seals, probably things like that. Yeah, they're going to look at everything connected there. So, my suggestion is inspect yourselves. Get it checked out. Don't go down a road with this stuff. Because these guys are looking for low-hanging fruit, okay? Another thing, don't put trash in your window. That's a big deal. They see a bunch of trash on your windshield, boom, you're getting pulled over because they know you're already disorganized. Low-hanging fruit. You see, you know, you look like shit. They're pulling you over. They know you haven't slept. They're looking for low-hanging fruit. What they want to do is they want to give more tickets out than they gave the year before. That's what it's all about. It's a numbers game. So pay attention Do your pre-trips. You should have no problems. All right? That's all you got to do. So that's May 17th, 18th, and 19th. We'll talk more about it as it gets closer. All right, let's get moving on. All right, for those of you that are lucky to go to the mid-american truck show i wanted to go this year but it's just not gonna happen uh i wanted to get a press pass like not last year but the year before and they wouldn't give it to me because they said that i didn't have any written articles for the podcast and i explained that it's a audio format so that's why we don't have any written articles so they denied me the press pass and quite honestly i didn't want to walk around with a bunch of cameras and a bunch of audio equipment and not have a press pass because then i would look like an idiot with a camera And, uh, you know, with audio equipment, I don't want to get kicked out, so why even bother going? So, But I will go one of these days. I just don't want to go with all that stuff. Anyway, folks attending the Mid-American Trucking Show next month in Louisville will be treated to plenty of free music. The lineup of performers at Westwood One's Red Eye Radio Network's booth include, okay, this is March 24th, uh, performance kicking off at 12 p.m. to 1 p.m., you got Tony Justice, Taylor Barker, Shane Owens, Mackenzie Phillips, and then you got a meet and greet with JB JD Shelburne. Uh, quite honestly, I have no idea how many these people are. Then on Friday, you have starting off at nine fifteen in the morning. You got Shane Owens, Mackenzie Phillips, Lucas Codge, Presley, and Taylor, and then you got a meet and greet at five fifteen with Jason Bird. Then on Saturday, you have Meet and Greet with Jason Bird at 9.30. Then at 11 a.m., you got Tony Justice, and then you got Taylor Barker. All right. I I must admit, I don't know who any of these artists are. Maybe I'm just behind the times. Probably heard their music, just don't know it. So maybe I'll have to. I know everybody out, there's somebody out there going, Oh, you dumbass. I can't believe you don't know who that is. Yeah, I, like I said, I probably heard them, but I don't know. So let's see what... I'll have to go listen on the way to work, see if I can... Maybe I've heard some of these songs before. I don't listen to a lot of radio anymore. I'm just not into it. All right, let's get moving on. Oh, oh, drivers, this is bad. This is really bad. I can't even imagine this. Uh, Always know where your co-driver is. You know, if you're in the bunk, you're driving the sleeper team, you know, make sure you open that curtain. Make sure you leave it cooler on the seat. Make sure it's very, very aware that, that you're out of the truck. You know, make sure your co-driver knows this. So a man is dead after being accidentally run over by his co-driver as he was outside the rig checking for damage. The incident happened on Thursday, February eighteenth, in Stafford County, Virginia, at around one twelve or one twenty PM. News 6 Richmond reports that a thirty-seven year old woman was driving a rig along Interstate 95 North at the 141 mile marker when she struck some debris in a roadway. All right, it happens. The trucker then pulled over and hopped out of the cab to check for damage while her passenger, 39-year-old Brian A. Brown, was resting in the sleeper berth. Unbeknownst to the driver, Brown also got out of the rig to check for damage as she was surveying the rig. So she probably went down to the driver's side, was checking everything out, make sure there's nothing wrong with the truck, Makes sense, exactly what you should do. The co-driver got out of the truck, started walking down the passenger side. He probably crawled underneath the truck or something. Who knows? Anyway, after surveying the rig, the driver climbed back into the semi truck and attempted to re enter the travel lane. So she got back in the truck and started to drive off, which means she didn't know he was out of the truck and she didn't look for him. Obviously, like I said, make sure they know. You know, what I like to do, I put uh, my shoes on the floor in the passenger side. No shoes, no crews. Okay. If the shoes aren't there, then you know I'm not in the truck. I always, always have my shoes. You know, I check those shoes, make sure they're there before I take off. Always, anyway. Unaware that Brown had left the cabin, was outside of the rig doing his own check for damage. As she re-entered the interstate, the driver ran over Brown, causing serious injuries. First responders arrived and transported Brown to a nearby hospital. So no charges will be filed. So basically, when it come down, she pulled off, ran over Brown, and it doesn't say when she figured it out, but either way, it ain't good. So just. You know, just, you know, no shoes, no crews, right? Come up with your own system, whatever it takes, but make sure that your co driver knows. You know, if you're driving, make sure you know your co driver's not out of the truck. That's all I'm saying. It's very important. You want to, have to worst come to worst, you don't want to turn around and have to come back. if you, you just left him somewhere, right? That'd be terrible. Much less running him over. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's get moving on. Okay. Here's something you want to know if you're going in Arizona. The Arizona Department of Public Safety has announced that a multi-agency commercial vehicle enforcement effort will take place in the southern part of the state next week. According to the Arizona Department of Safety, Operation Southern Shield 2022, Will t- they always got to name it, this kind of crap, will take place from Tuesday, February 22nd through February 25th, so that's 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, that's four full days, on Interstate 10 from Phoenix to the New Mexico state line, and on Interstate 19 to the international border. The purpose of the enforcement effort is to target hazardous driving conditions or violations, conduct commercial motor vehicle inspections, and educate drivers on safe, compliant operation in an effort to reduce crashes involving motor vehicles. All right so if you're in arizona and you're on one of those roads be careful because they're coming for you that's what they're doing they're coming for you all right let's get moving on all right the 3g system is being sunsetted basically that means if you have a 3g phone well it's going to stop working all right so starting next week the first major carrier will discontinue 3g services which could result in electronic logging device violations for truckers who haven't transitioned to compatible devices. In other words, your EDL, your EDL, your electronic logging device is could possibly be running off the three the three G network, which means it's going to stop working. Starting February twenty second, twenty twenty two, AT T three G will sunset to make way for more advanced four G and five G services. That's the first company. So. Uh, any ELD that requires 3G cellular connectivity to perform its functionality would no longer be in compliance with the technical specifications in the ELD, ELD rule after the 3G network. It relies on sunsets. When in an area that does not support 3G, a 3G device will register a malfunction. In accordance with uh, 49 CFR 395.34, the carrier has eight days to get the malfunction resolved. In this case... By replacement, unless an extension is granted. What about hooey! Plan 3G sunset dates are below. All right, here we go. AT&T 3G February 22nd. This is all 2022. Sprint 3G T-Mobile March 31st. Sprint LTE T-Mobile June 30th, 2022. T-Mobile 3G July 1st, 2022. Verizon 3G, December 31st, 2022. I guarantee you, I have Sprint. Now, the LTE network will die, and they will have absolutely nothing in there to replace it. The 5G won't be set up, and my phone will not work in a whole shitload of areas across the country. So don't be surprised if your phone stops working in places that it used to. All right, now some smaller carriers like Cricket, Boost, Straight Talk, and Lifeline use the ATT, Verizon, and T-Mobile networks. So, I don't know. Confirm whether, here's what you need to do. Confirm whether your ELD relies on a 3G network. If you're unsure if your ELD relies on a 3G network, contact your ELD provider. If your ELD provider does not rely on 3G and meets all minimum requirements, no further action is needed. Ask your provider for their upgrade or replacement plan. Basically, it's going to cost you more money for the same shit that you bought into, that they told you you absolutely had. To have more nonsense. All right. (laughs) Unbelievable. Gee, logbooks were too complicated, right? All right, let's get moving on. All right, it looks like the Wisconsin State Patrol will take to the skies to enforce traffic laws uh, from Tuesday to Friday this week. So what is that? Uh, 21st to the 25th. Uh, the Tuesday enforcement will take place in ninety94 i 94 I-94 in Dunn County. The next day enforcement is scheduled for Walworth County on i 43. So basically, they're going to be all over the state. They're going to be using five pilots and they're going to be flying around. So if you're driving in Wisconsin uh, the week of you know the, till the 25th of February, just be careful. Uh, you don't need no tickets. You know, watch out for the barren air, as we used to say. All right, let's keep moving on. Alright, I've been putting this one off to the last, It's I'm not up there, I don't know what the real issues are, I'm not Canadian, so it's hard for me to, to say, but either way, they're clearing out Ottawa, they're arresting the drivers, they're confiscating the trucks, and no matter what you feel about what's going on up there, it really sucks that it came down to this, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, unfortunately, it's not going to be the good kind of interesting Hopefully, they'll get whatever the issues are up there straightened out and it doesn't spill anywhere else. You know, people say, you know, you can't live without trucks. That's true, but we also can't live without the farmers. We also can't live without the fishermen. There's a lot of things we can't live without. So, we all work together. We all provide things. So, hopefully, the drivers up there can get what they need so that they can, you know, go back to work and do their thing and feel good about it so i'm not for or against the convoy i don't particularly understand what's going on where they're being treated so i'm trying to stay out of it i don't have a strong opinion either way i know a lot of people seem to have a strong opinion but quite honestly i think they have no idea what the real issue is or have any clue I think a lot of you know there's a lot of hangers on there I think there's some genuine protesters and then there's a lot of hangers on up there that go up there just to cause trouble that's every protest is like no way down here Kenosha same thing there's always those troublemakers that come along and just want to cause problems they don't give a shit about anything to do with what's being protested or what people are upset about they just want to cause problems that's what it's all about so anyway that's all I got on that one so we'll see what happens all right hold on That's it. Let's get home. Well, no, nothing else. Alright. Alright, that's it. We got nothing else. I gotta get ready for work. I gotta go back to Billings and Montana and all that nonsense. And I gotta deal with the ice and snow. You know, I've seen more ice this year than I've seen ever. Usually it's snow I'm used to dealing with in 80, you know, 80, 70, you know, places like that. But this year... Running across ninety ninety four, South Dakota, North Dakota. Seems like I'm dealing with a lot more ice than I've ever dealt with. At least that's the impression I'm under. I don't know, you know, it is what it is, right? So we shall endeavor to persevere and we shall get the freight there on time because I gotta be back Thursday for the car show. I got the little yellow car ready to go. I went over there today, started it up, made sure. Can't have more than a quarter tank of fuel. Surprised by that, I thought a partially full tank was more volatile than a full one. But that's what the fire department wants. And then you got to disconnect your batteries. And, I don't know. This would be interesting. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Anyway, like I said, I'm going to take a bunch of photos, a bunch of videos. I'm going to put it up on the YouTube channel. You'll find it all there. at TWK Trucking with Kingfish. Hopefully, I'll post some more videos. I got to work some of the works. I'm working on. I got some in the line that I'm working on. I haven't had a chance to edit them. It's been really slow going. The West Dallas show was just huge. 522 photos. Plus, I got to do the video for my niece's wedding. That's going to be... That's a... Oh, God, that's a big one. So, anyway, that's all I got. I'm out of here, and I got to go to work. So, I'll talk to you next week. Peace out.